Shalom Aleichem, Shavua Tov to all of you listeners of this great station. Uh, I'm going to speak uh, about the parasha of yesterday and also a little bit about the war that's going on, unfortunately. Well, it so happens that in Parashat Matot, there's also a talk about a war. It says that Hashem commanded Moshe Rabbeinu, Nekom nikmat bene Israel me'eta midyanim. Go ahead and avenge. Avenge the bene Israel against the midyanim. After that, achar te'asef ilamecha. After that, that will be the time for him to go on to the next world. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu's death was linked to this war. If he does not do this war right now, then he'll stay, he'll stay alive, he'll be okay. So Moshe Rabbeinu could have chosen the path of, you know what, I'm going to delay it three months, six months, a year, whatever. And would have been okay, he will stay alive. But Moshe Rabbeinu was not that way. He receives a command from the Borei Alam. He goes diligently and quickly in order to fulfill it. And he goes and tells, Go ahead, arm the people, let's go and fight the Midianim. Then he said like this, Elif Lamate, Elif Lamate, 1,000 per tribe. 1,000 per tribe. Then he says, Lechol Matot Israel. From all the tribes. Well, I know that if it is 1,000 from each, they're from all of them. But Rashi tells us, Lechol Matot comes to give us an additional, uh, an, an additional thing here that is, Lerabot Shevet Levi. In other words, not only there were 12 tribes there, but also Shevet Levi participated in this particular war. That's what Rashi says. Lerabot, Shebet Levi. And then he says, right after that, Vayimaseru me'alfei Yisrael elef lamate shenema'asar elef halutesava. Vayimaseru. Look at the, the way the word is written. Not vayimseru, vayimseru atzman, vayimaseru, meaning that they were Coursed, course, they were like forced to go to war. Why were they forced to go to war? I mean, they should be happy to go to war. Well, the reason why is they were reluctant to go to war this time by Maseru is because they figured if they go to this war, then at the end of the war, Moshe Rabbeinu's time is, is up. They loved Moshe Rabbeinu. They didn't want him to go on to the next world. So they were trying to delay it. However, they were forced to do so, and that's why Masiru, that's why. Now, the question is, it says specifically in the Pasuk, 12,000 people. There were 12,000 soldiers. But according to Rashi, who says, I mean, there were 13,000. But the Pasuk specifically says 12,000. So how do we reconcile the, the, these two statements? And the way 
to reconcile it is by saying, when it says, Vayimaseru. See, Shebit Levi is different from the rest of the population. If you recall in Parashat Bezot Aberacha, it says about Shebit Levi, over there, Shebit very, very special. Ha'omer, Abiv ul imolori itiv, like in other words, as far as Shabbat Levi is concerned, et havlo hikir, he doesn't make a difference between whether it's a father and not the father. Here it's not about the actual father, but some father from a uh, 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 close one, and so on. Why kishamiru imratecha obritecha in soru? Shabbat Levi, when it came to the Egel, they did not participate in the bowing down of the idol of Egel. They would this they stayed instead aside, they would not participate because they were always faithful to Akadushwaru. In here also, regardless, oh Moshe Rabinu was going to go after this war. Doesn't matter to them. Hashem says do it, they do it. So that's why it says twelve thousand, because only 12,000 were reluctant to go. But the, the, the other 1,000 from Shevet Levi, they were not reluctant. They actually weren't very happily to do so because that was them. They were very faithful to Hashem at all times. Now, we see there's a Midrash that says the following. According to the Torah, there were 1,000 soldiers from each tribe. The Midrash says it wasn't just like that. There was 1,000 from each tribe that were soldiers. There was another 1,000 from each tribe that were Shomrei Al-Kelim, watching over the arms, the armament over there, to make sure everything is there. And there were another 1,000 that were praying. You hear Rabotai? Praying. This, all these 3,000 from each tribe were there, right there at the battlefront. Now you ask yourself, why do they have to have this 1,000 from each tribe to pray? At, right by the battlefront there. Couldn't they pray where they are? Hashem is everywhere. Akadosh Baruch Hu is a melokolaris kevodon. They could have prayed right where they were. They don't have to come. No, they had to come. Anyway, if, if Hashem told them to go and fight this war, obviously they're going to be winners. Hashem said so. So if they're winners... Why do you have to have the prayers altogether? I mean, the conclusion is a final conclusion. We know what the outcome will be. But there is a very, very important reason why those 1,000 per tribe were praying right there at the battlefront. You know, I'll give you an example. At the time of the Nazi era, Hitler He at the very beginning he took over Austria right away. Now 
he sees, <laughs> he's so strong, you know. He, he was convinced he can take on the whole world, but little by little. Then he said, no, now he wants part of Czechoslovakia. That part was called the Sudetenland. Why? He said, oh, there are parts of Czechoslovakia that are German-speaking people. And, well, you're discriminating against them. No way. I want that part. I want to annex it to Germany. Now, he had what they call, uh, 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 the, remember, the, the Munich Agreement, where the Allies actually got together, including Britain and France. And they, they signed, they agreed, okay, fine, part of the, uh, Czechoslovakia, that's there's going to be you know, given over to the Nazis, they agreed to it, but that's the end of that. That's it. After this, no more. Let's finish with him. Now we're going to have peace in the world. <laughs> Only to find out that the next thing was he invaded the entire Czechoslovakia. And then more, and then France, and, and then uh, or, or more and more countries. You see, Rabotai, what happens is when a when when a nation when a, or a leader sees that hey i win all the time and quickly easily is convinced is invincible it's my power my kawah that did this thing here so he keeps on going and going this is why hashem said no. You're going to, it's going to be an easy win. But you're going to think. Perhaps they might think that the winning is because of their strength and their power. So Hashem says, you know what? Let's have people praying right at the battlefront so that when they see them praying, they realize immediately it is not just them. No. It is the prayer to HaKadosh Baruch and the prayers is what's helping them overcome the enemy. We have a similar situation with Moshe Rabbeinu Alav Shalom when he was fighting Amalek. And the Torah says that when Moshe Rabbeinu lifted his arms, then the Bnei Israel were winning. When he put down his arms, they were losing. Then the Midrash asks, well, is this old is the outcome of the world dependent upon the whether the arms are up or down? Says, no, 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 that's not what it is. When he lifted his arm that was in prayer, he was praying to Hashem. And the people were looking at Moshe Rabbeinu praying. And then they realized they would subjugate their own heart to Hashem. Then they would be more conscious that what did the war is going to be helped from the prayer to Hashem, then they would win. It's not regardless. In fact, they were in Ta'anit. It says that when we, before they go to war, they, they would fast. Why? To show that the outcome of the war is not because of their strength but because what HaKadosh Baruch the Bode Olam wants to do. Well, 
It's another thing that we see right in this parasha. It says, Ve'et bil'am ben be'or haregu becharev. That bil'am ben be'or, who's really the, uh, the one that gave the advice to send the Midianite girls to seduce the Bnei Israel. It says they killed him, and he says, with a sword, becharev. Rashi, you know, Rashi, you know, is questioning this. Why does it say Becharev? Does it matter how they kill them? Would they strangle them? Or they hit him in the head? Doesn't matter. But it says Becharev with the sword specifically. So Rashi says like this. See, Bilam comes from Esav. Esav, it says, you're going to live by the sword. That's what they know. Only the sword. You know the sword. Then we're going to take care of you with the sword. Midah, can I get midah? Your, your umnut, your craftsmanship is with the sword. Then we're going to hit you with it. And you know something? Very interesting thing. During World War II, at the beginning, Germany was very strong. And they were sending their airplanes to England, to London. And every time they would be bombing a three or a four square block area. We're talking about civilians now, not military installations. They will take at random a four-block area, and bomb and bomb and bomb and bomb. Of course, people were running to the shelters, but there were plenty of them that died anyway. Because the Nazis in Mahshimah Vizikram had no morals whatsoever. But you know what? After Britain came, became a little stronger, they did the same thing. So you're killing our civilians? We're going to do the same thing. And they sent airplanes, and they were doing the same thing to Hitler. So now you might say, wait, wait a minute. They do the same thing. Why the Bnei Israel are different? The Midah can get Midah, right? So you might think Hamas is sending and launching missiles specifically directed towards uh, the civilians in concentrated area. And Tel Aviv, of course, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants otherwise. And somehow it doesn't hit right. But this is what they have in mind, right? That's what the Nazis in Mahshimam did to the British, and the British retaliated in the same way. So perhaps, we sh perhaps Israel should be like the British. Let's retaliate the same way. No. Why? We're different. We are Amkadosh. We're a holy nation. I'm Segula. We do not do things immoral, unethical, even if those things are done to us. We do not retaliate in the same way. We are different. We have certain rules of behavior, and we must maintain those rules of behavior because this is the way we are. We're a model nation. Israel goes through so much trouble before finally 
launching a missile against a certain target. They have reconnaissance planes going all around, all the time. And even before a, a, a missile is launched, they send word, okay, it's clear, you can go ahead. And if there is any civilians there, no good, can't launch anything. Is this the same as sending 13 Hamas uh, uh, terrorist with the specific intention to to kill civilians in a kibbutz or in a town if they had succeeded they would have been a massacre now compare these two the Torah tells us when you come to a town and you have to you have to fight it. You have no choice. You have to fight. But first, shalom. Ask for peace. That's the first thing you do. Now, if that particular town refuses peace, if they refuse peace, that is a siman, that is a sign that all they want is war. They want war. That's what they want. Well, here Israel tried very, very hard. A ceasefire was brokered by Egypt, an Arab country, an Arab country. Israel accepted it. Hamas didn't. While saying all these things, how careful Israel is when it comes to uh, uh, hitting targets in Gaza in order to save the civilians, the enemy civilians, I was extremely disturbed today when I saw the Prime Minister of Turkey, the Prime Minister of Turkey, he's saying that Israel is using the tactics of Hitler in Mashimov Either this man is ignorant of World War II history or he's just lying to his people. He's lying. Remember, the elections will be in three weeks. So uh, he, he's riling up the people so that he would win the election. We hope I pray and pray that he doesn't, but that's what he's doing. How could he compare? Hitler in Mashimovizikro built guest chambers to kill Jews. Is that what Israel is doing? God forbid. He used to, to, to snatch young children from their mothers, to send them to death. Hasve Shalom. Is that what Israel is doing? He did deadly scientific experiments and so on and on and on and on and on. No. Israel wants peace. But how can you have peace if you have people launching at you missiles to kill civilians? I like to tell the Prime Minister of Turkey, suppose the Kurds were launching at your city 100 missiles a day, uh, 200 missiles a day, what would you do? 
Let him think about that. What would he do? Now, let me tell you what I've seen on the internet regarding Hamas from Arab people. Arab people. Is a famous uh, um, editor uh, editor in chief of a uh, of a uh, TV uh, network in Lebanon. Uh, I was reading this in, in, in the internet. It's a Mayadan TV, and his name was Abdul Al Bari Atwan. You know what he said? I'm quoting him. I'm not saying this. This is what he said. The Arab leaders are praying that Israel. We get, we'll get rid of Hamas once and for all. That's what he said. He said that the majority of the Arab League nations consider Hamas a terrorist country. Netanyahu said specifically, we have nothing against the Palestinian people. We want to live in peace with them. It's Hamas. They're terrorist people. This is what Egyptian TV host said. He, just, he said, I'm not saying it, I'm quoting him now. We are sick and tired of you talking to Hamas. You are a disgrace to us. Look at your leaders. You know, when Moshe Rabbeinu was asking for a leader to succeed him, he told, I said to Hashem, about we want a leader that's going to be first when they go out to war. Not sit in his palace and send the other people to die. That's not a leader. David Amalek is to go first. And they were saying like this, the leaders of Hamas, like Chayed uh, Mishal, his name is, you know where he lives? In Qatar. He's in Qatar. And he's got that a luxurious mansion with a swimming pool, all kind of food around, you know, Swiss bank accounts and so on and so forth, and four wives. And, and this Egyptian Tiva says, if you are a man, come to your place, come to your country. You see your people dying, why are you over there? Rabotai, now let me say one more thing. Do we really have friends? You think these people that are criticizing Hamas are really our friends? Unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't look like that. Why? Because this man who was criticizing Hamas as Arab man, in the middle he would say, don't think for a minute I am supporting Israel. I couldn't care less if Israel went up in flames. That's what he said. We don't have any friends except the Boreona. One father, one king who always cares about us. Abinu Shiva Shamayim. I personally, I'm, I'm a pacifist. I don't like wars. No one gains anything from war. Only lose, they lose, there'll be losses. Unfortunately, there'll be loss of life on both sides. The tremendous damage. No one gains from anything. 
The best thing is an immediate ceasefire and they try to have a peace, real peace, lasting peace, as we await the coming of our Mashiach Sidkenu. Amen. Rabotai, don't forget this beautiful station, as usual. Try to help as much as you can. And if you have a simha, look us up at SLC. We have a beautiful hall over there. Thank you. Shavuatov. Amen. Hashem. Bring peace in the Holy Land. Amen.